Reading today comes from Matthew 13, 24 through 30. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, don't you sow good seed in your field? Where did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Last Sunday, Diane and I were uh, down in uh, Oklahoma, and we worshipped with the uh, uh, church in uh, Stillwater. Had a great time there with the congregation that is uh, probably at least twice our size or, or more during the school year. That is where they're just across the street from Oklahoma State University. Uh, if you're a football fan, you realize that's like in Oklahoma, that's like heaven. But uh, I met a man there as we were coming in. He was greeting people at the door. And he was originally from Grand Forks. But, oh, wow. And I think, well, how come I never met you? And uh, he's one of the elders of the church there. Uh, he didn't grow up in the church. He moved to Oklahoma, started attending the Mayfair uh, congregation, and became a Christian, was baptized, and now he's an elder. Uh, and it's great to see that kind of growth and development. And, and we had a really great visit. The, the new preacher there did a great lesson on this same parable. You know, I looked at about four or five different sermons for this morning, and I kept coming back to this one, so I thought, okay, uh, just go with it. We'll talk about the same parable that he talked about last week. Matthew 13 is an interesting chapter because it is uh, a series of parables, basically. It begins with the fact that Jesus is on the shore of the lake and there's such a big crowd that he gets into a boat and it moves out a little bit from the shore and the crowd is along the side of the lake. And he begins to teach them. And the first thing he does is to tell them the, uh, uh, the parable, of, we call it the parable of the sower. Now, a parable is a story, it's like an analogy. It draws a comparison based upon something familiar to make a spiritual point. And so, first, this parable of the sower uh, is, and all of these parables begin with that, or most of them begin with the expression, the kingdom of heaven is like. And so that tells you what the analogy is going to be, some aspect or dimension of that. Uh, two of the parables, very short ones, Talk about the value, the worth of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, a pearl of great price, a treasure hidden in a field. Uh, that, that somebody would sell everything they had to acquire. Sometimes when I think about that, I think for most of us, that's 
we're really skeptical about that idea. There are very few things that if we were to see a price tag that said, okay, you want to buy this, it's going to cost you everything you have. We think, okay, I wonder if I can get it used. Or I wonder if I could get it at, on Amazon or eBay. But as Jesus is telling these parables, he, he's talking about something that is just has such an incredible value that once somebody realizes the value, they would give everything. And, and that's his point, that the kingdom of heaven, eternity, eternal life, it's something that is worth everything we have and we are. A couple of parables are parables about influence of the kingdom. Uh, talking about in terms of the idea of, of a mustard seed. And some of you may remember times that I've taught about a mustard seed. And if you go to the grocery store and you see a jar of mustard seeds, you see these little things are about the size of a head of a pin. But Jesus talks about how big the plant is that grows out of that. Or the parable of leaven and how just a little leaven leavens uh, a whole lump. Of, you know, like if you, if you ever make bread, it's always interesting to see how little leaven that it takes to produce the, the growth of the loaf. Uh, and so these parables of influence are that the kingdom of heaven is going to be very powerful in its influence on other people. So the first one he tells is the parable of the sower, about a man out sowing seed. And I don't know about how you envision this, but I always think about this parable uh, and this situation. Jesus is in a boat just beside the shore. The crowd is there. And I've always wondered, what is the probability that there was a man or even several men out there in the distance sowing their fields? You know, this is something that people would have seen. They would be very familiar. That's what makes parables so powerful. There's something that can be known and identified. So... He's sowing seed, and we understand that that is, you know, he's got his seed in a sling, and he's reaching down in, and he's grabbing a handful, and he's pitching it. It's called broadcast seeding. And so as he's doing that, uh, somebody who are used to doing that would be fairly skilled at it, but you don't always have control of it. You know, I remember years ago visiting a, a, a tractor plant down in North Dakota. And one of the things that the salesman pointed out, I was with a, a, one of the men from the church in, in Carmen who was looking at buying a new tractor. So we were getting the deluxe tour of the plant. And so this salesman was saying, and, and, and this is all computerized, and it will tell you how many seed per square inch. You're putting down. You know, if you're doing it broadcast, you understand that those seeds are going everywhere. In fact, sometimes places you might not want them to go. 
Some are being caught by the wind. So, seed landing on the pathway, seed landing on more rocky soil, you know, so as Jesus is talking about the different places that it goes. So, seed lands on the path, well, it's hard. It's impenetrable. And so the birds come and devour it. Seeds landing on the, on the rocky soil, well, it's shallow. It's not going to put down root. Seeds landing among the thorns gets choked out. It's just that. And so, obviously, most of the seed, hopefully, will land on good soil and will produce a harvest. Now, you can imagine that Jesus, in, in saying this, you know, to the crowd that people are kind of scratching their heads, well, like, okay, well, what's so what's so great about that? You're talking about what we know or what we see. His disciples come to him and say, why do you teach in parables? Maybe they don't quite have the nerve yet to ask him what that one meant. But... Ask him why he's doing it. And he tells them because, you know, to you has been revealed the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But this is a sign that of fulfillment of prophecy that he would come and teach in parables. So he gives them the explanation. The seed on the path are those who hear but do not understand. Satan comes and takes it away. And yet it's one of the realities is that as we talk about the gospel to people, as we talk about Jesus, there are some people that you might as well be talking to the wall, right? It's just totally blank. There is so much disinterest. Their attention is focused on everything else. Satan is making sure that that hard heart is going to be impenetrable. The seed that lands among the, the rocks springs up real quickly, but because it's uh, shallow, in the heat of the sun, it withers and it dies. Those are people that, they, they make a good start. But trouble, Jesus says, or persecution, causes the little faith they have to wither and die. The thorns are those whose hearts are very divided. The worries of the world, the wealth, all the distractions, all the things that uh, take them away from God create a divided heart, divided loyalty, and, and again... It dies. But then there's the good soil. Jesus says that's one who hears, understands, and produces fruit. Well, you can kind of imagine how that might go over, you know, with the crowd. They didn't understand it, but he explains it to the apostles. And they begin to maybe see the point. But it's... Matthew then says he told them another parable. And that's the one that we just heard. A man sowed good seed in his field. You know, it's kind of the same beginning point, isn't it? You got a man sowing seed in his field. But this one's different. 
And you can kind of imagine that after working out in the sun all day, sowing the seed, he's tired, he's come home, he's gone to bed. And Jesus says, while they were sleeping, man and his servants, an enemy came in and started sowing weeds. From what we understand, that what would have been probably sown by the enemy is a plant called darnel. Darnel is called false wheat in many places. Does that give you a clue? See, what happens is that when the darnel starts to come up, it looks just like wheat. And you can't tell them apart, really, until it gets to the point that the wheat is starting to form a head. <coughs> and then you see the difference between the real wheat and the darnel. Darnel is toxic, poisonous. Like, you think about the nature of the enemy that he describes here. This is nasty. This isn't just a, a mischievous thing that somebody might do. This is something that could potentially make people very, very sick. And you can imagine how upsetting it would be to the man and to his servants. And so his servants are... Um, when, it, when the heads start to appear and they realize that they, they, they go running into the master and say, you have Darnell, you have weeds among your wheat. What do you want us to do? Do you want us to go out and pull the weeds? And you can imagine a bunch of servants in there in the field trampling on everything and pulling the, the Darnell out and probably yanking wheat along with it. And he says, no, what I want you to do I want you to wait. It's possible that you may take some of the wheat out with it. And you know, you get a very important sense here that the, the farmer is wanting to protect the good wheat as much as he possibly can. And he doesn't want to allow that sabotage to destroy the good is in his field. At harvest, first collect the weeds and burn them. And then we'll collect the, the wheat. So there's a little bit of an interlude here, but in verse 36, the apostles are talking with Jesus. And now they say, instead of why do you teach in parables, they say, would you explain that to us, please? <laughs> what does that mean? What are you talking about? And so Jesus gives them the meaning of the different parts of this story. He says, the Son of Man, Jesus, is the one who sowed the good seed. And that's important to keep in mind. That this is what Jesus, you know, it's interesting to think about the fact, as you think about this parable, that Jesus acknowledges that even he cannot prevent the weeds from coming into his field. 
He says the field is the world. You know, I've heard people try to use this and talk about the church. You know, wouldn't that create an interesting thing here? Okay, we're sitting here as, as part of the church, and maybe the people beside you are wheat. Maybe the people beside you are weeds. Maybe you're a weed. That kind of messes up the idea, doesn't it? I think Jesus explains that in a minute. The good seed are the sons of the kingdom. They are the ones who have heard my word and they have believed. They have responded. And they are the people that I need them and want them to be. Isn't that a beautiful thought? And so the weeds are the sons of the evil one because the enemy that sowed them is the devil. He's the one that created this mess. And the harvest is the end of the age. It's the second coming of Christ. It's the day of judgment. And the harvesters are the angels. So, the points of the parable, very simply, are this. That, number one, the world is filled with evil and sin. You know, that's the reality. Satan has spread his word. He has sold his... I don't know, I started to use the word. I thought, no, I shouldn't use that word publicly. He shouldn't... He, well, he has sold his lies to the world. And the world has believed him. And I think we shouldn't get upset when we realize that the world is caught up in sin. Because the enemy has sowed his weed, his poison, to the world. And that's why he's referred to as the prince of the power of the air, as the, the ruler of this world. We cannot minimize Satan and the influence that he has. We dare not reduce our understanding of, of his effect. And so that kind of helps us. You know, when the servants come to the master and say, well, do you want us to go out and start plucking the weeds? He says, no. You might take out the good with the bad. And, and that kind of makes the point that it's not our work to weed the world. We're not here to enforce morality on the non-Christian world. We are here to live Christ in a non-Christian world. We are here to be lights and influence and salt and leaven in a non-Christian world. We're here to share the good seed and to be the result of the good seed. But this parable is a reminder that judgment will come. You know, judgment is not a popular concept. People don't like the idea that God is going to judge people at the end of time. 
And we're going to have to give account to Him for what we've done with our lives. But Jesus talked about judgment, didn't He? And Jesus is saying, the good seed will be gathered together to enjoy being with the Lord. The bad seed will be destroyed. So for us, we are the product. Christians are the product of the good seed. And so we need to understand that and keep that in mind. In Luke 8.11, talking about the parable of the sower, Jesus says the seed is the Word of God. That's what produces Christians. That brings us to understand. You know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, by the preaching of Christ. That's how we come to know. Peter uses this wonderful statement. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring Word of God. You are born by the Word of God, not by the act of sabotage to poison the world that Satan would have. So, as good fruit, we bear fruit from our seed. We bear, if you think about it, more seed. We have the privilege of sharing and telling people about Jesus Christ. We, we have good news. And we are prepared for harvest. We understand that there is a day coming where all mankind will stand before God. And those who are in Christ are looking forward to a reunion, to a homecoming, to a blessed eternity with their Heavenly Father. And as Christians, that's part of what we celebrate every time we come together, isn't it? We sing our songs of joy, of faith, of hope, because that speaks our hearts for our future. I want you to think about as we close, about what we're doing in our lives. Or are we growing weeds? <laughs> I think most of us have had the experience of having a garden, maybe going away for vacation and coming back and finding that garden is not a garden. It's a bunch of weeds. God has sown His love, His Word in our hearts. And give it us the privilege of doing that with others. Maybe this morning you're here, you're not yet a Christian. We want to encourage you with your relationship with God, your faith, to become good seed, responding to the good seed that Jesus has created. If we can help you with that, we invite you. You can talk with me, with Chad, with Sean, one of the elders. I want to encourage you that the most important decision you make is to become a Christian because there is a day of judgment coming. Let's stand as we sing.